Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Mark. Hey guys, happy Tuesday and thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries podcast. And hi, my name is Jen. I am the host of the P40 Ministries podcast and I am here to discuss the Bible with you this morning as we share a cup of coffee together. And that's kind of the premise of this podcast for those of you who are new to the podcast is I like to keep things really informal and kind of chill and almost as if you were having a discussion with me at a coffee shop. And that is why I always say at the beginning of the episode to grab your coffee or your cup of tea because it's just a nice quiet biblical discussion over a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. You know what though I decided something I went to a coffee shop a few days ago and they have a tea there that I really like actually and it's actually a cold tea and during the summertime I actually prefer that tea over a cup of coffee. So sometimes I do prefer tea I just realized it's a nice uh, peach tea and um, I I do enjoy a uh, I don't know if that would be considered tea, I guess, but like (laughs) I really enjoy like the fruit teas, I suppose. But when it comes to like Earl Grey or um, black tea, I'm just I'm not a fan of those. But I know many people who are. But guys, if you haven't seen my new logo for the uh, podcast yet, definitely take a look at it. It's on my website and you can get a T-shirt with it on there. It's a cup that says P40 Ministries and it's wearing a pair of headphones. And then underneath it, it says grab your cup of coffee and in tiny little print underneath that, it says or your cup of tea. And I call it a T-shirt. Ha 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 ha. Okay, let's go ahead and start reading Mark chapter 9 verses 30 through 40. So let's read these 10 verses and discuss this. And uh, like I always say, grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea and let's jump right in. They went out from there and passed through Galilee. He didn't want anyone to know it, for he was teaching his disciples and said to them, The Son of Man is being handed over to the hands of men, and they will kill him. And when he is killed, on the third day he will rise again. But they didn't understand the saying, and they were afraid to ask him. He came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked to them, What were you arguing among yourselves on the way? But they were silent, for they had disputed with one another on the way about who was the greatest. He sat down and called the twelve, and he said to them, If any man wants to be first, he shall be last of all, and a servant of all. He took a little child and set him in the middle of them. Taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever receives one such little child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me doesn't receive me, but him who sent me. John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone who doesn't follow us casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him because he doesn't follow us. But Jesus said, Don't forbid him, for there is no one who will do a mighty work in my name and be able quickly to speak evil of me. For whoever is not against us is on our side. So right after Jesus finished casting out that really tough demon out of that little boy, the one that the disciples couldn't uh, cast out or get rid of, Jesus like leaves with his disciples and he didn't want anyone to know that he was leaving or where he was traveling because this time it was time for him to just 
teach his disciples alone. So that's what he was doing as they were traveling. I'm sure they were probably taking like side roads and who knows what they were doing to avoid the crowds. But Jesus didn't want anyone to know that he was traveling because he really, really wanted to just teach his disciples. And the, the thing he was teaching them was really only for the disciples ears, not for the rest of the people. And he was teaching them, saying to them, it says, the son of man is going to be handed over to the hands of men and they will kill him. So he was basically predicting his death and resurrection to his disciples. And that was only for their ears. But they didn't understand what Jesus is saying. And they were scared because who likes to hear that they're going to be killed? I mean, if somebody was like predicting this kind of death to you, you would be like shocked, right? Especially if that person was the Messiah and you knew that that person was the Messiah. I mean, you'd be like, what are you talking about? But last time Peter confronted Jesus about it, Jesus got angry at them. So they did not want to ask Jesus what was going on because they were afraid to ask him. And I don't know if it was because Jesus had yelled at Peter that last time or if because they were just afraid of what Jesus was saying and truly did not want to know the answers. I don't know. I mean, the disciples, they did have a lot of nerve sometimes. <laughs> like they would go up to Jesus and say all sorts of crazy stuff. And we actually see in Luke, there's like a whole chapter dedicated to sort of the ignorance of the disciples. It's kind of funny, but... <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that when we get into Luke. But anyway, uh, they they had a lot of nerve sometimes. So I do wonder if it was they were scared to get yelled at by Jesus or if they truly just did not want to know the answer. And sometimes we do that. Sometimes we would rather just not know the answer so we don't say anything or we don't ask any questions because the answer could be more tough than not knowing. As they say, ignorance is bliss. <laughs> But anyway, so after this, the disciples were afraid and uh, they didn't want to understand what Jesus was talking about, possibly. They just, they didn't want to know. So after this, they're continuing on. It says that they're um, continuing on to Capernaum and Jesus and his disciples start staying in this house. And I don't know what house it was. We have no clue whose house this was. But Jesus was staying in this house with his disciples. And we know that in this house, there were some children there because this wasn't a public thing Jesus was doing unless there were multitudes surrounding the house. I don't know, but it doesn't say that there was. And I'm going to assume that there was not, mainly because Jesus did not want anyone to know that he was traveling. But anyway, um, he's in Capernaum now and <laughs> he's in the house with his disciples. And so he asks his disciples, he's like, so what were you guys arguing about when we are traveling. So Jesus is probably up ahead and he hears his disciples behind him arguing on the way. And <laughs> they were all silent when Jesus asks this question and they were embarrassed. So out of embarrassment, they were choosing not to answer because they had known they were doing something wrong. And when Jesus called them out for it, they knew they were doing something wrong. So they were embarrassed. So they stayed silent. Because they were arguing with each other on the way about who was the greatest person, basically in the disciples, <laughs> among the disciples. So they were each arguing with each other saying like, oh, you know, when Jesus's kingdom comes. Okay, that's the other thing. <laughs> they really were not listening to Jesus when he was talking about his death and resurrection. They were not listening because now right after that, they're arguing about when Jesus' kingdom comes 
who is going to be the greatest disciple in that kingdom. So they weren't listening to Jesus because Jesus wasn't going to do that the way they believed that he was going to do that. And he was specifically saying to his disciples, I'm not going to do that. You know, this is actually what's going to happen. I'm going to die and rise again. You know, my kingdom's not going to come in the way that you believe it. Because everybody at this time period believed that the Messiah was going to be this political figure that was going to go save them from Rome. Because uh, Rome was basically in control of so much territory back in Jesus's day, including the Jewish population. And they hated Rome because they had to pay all these taxes to Rome. And, you know, Rome was kind of cruel at times. And, and I actually read something that back in history, the Roman people, they had this interesting view of tolerance. So they would kind of integrate other people's religions into their own. But the Romans did not do that with the Jewish religion. They kind of just mildly tolerated it, but they sort of hated it. So the Jews and the Romans specifically really, really disliked each other. Even though um, Rome was kind of in control of many different provinces, the Romans like had a better relationship with those guys because those guys that they conquered kind of integrated more into Roman culture. But the Jewish culture was so like set apart. Uh, I mean, if, if you're reading in Exodus with me right now, we're, we're finding out that the Israeli people were in fact supposed to be set apart. You know, they were supposed to be holy, which literally means set apart. So, I mean, the Jewish people held on to the fact that they were supposed to be set apart. They were supposed to be holy, which is kind of exactly what they were supposed to do. You know, they were supposed to be that picture of holiness for the other nations. But sometimes it was the way they did it was wrong and it came off as holier than thou, which is where these Pharisees are and where Jesus is like always yelling at the Pharisees for being holier than thou. Anyway, the Roman people disliked the Jews specifically because the Jews did not integrate well into Roman culture and would not. I mean, they, they just couldn't because the Romans kind of believed in all sorts of different gods. But the Jews were monotheistic, which means that they believed in one God, which was the Father. So that wouldn't integrate well. It was just two completely different cultures that just were constantly butting heads. So the Romans disliked the Jews. The Jews disliked the Romans. But where was I going with this? I had a point and I completely forget what the point was. Um, oh, right. So... <laughs> <laughs> the disciples at that time period believed that the Messiah was going to free them from the grip of the Romans. And that was kind of what was widely taught. The Messiah's power kind of like reigned supreme. And uh, they believed, you know, that's when God's kingdom would come. And like, I don't know if it would destroy all the other nations or not, but Jerusalem would reign supreme basically with the Messiah's power. And, you know, it was an interesting concept that they had. You know, it was all political and it was incorrect. It was not correct. So their political beliefs at this time period were just not right. Some of them might have been, but this one pertaining to the Messiah was just not right. So um, Jesus was telling them how it really was going to be, and they were not listening. They refused to listen, kind of, and they did not want to ask Jesus any more questions regarding that. They just wanted to kind of hold on to their own beliefs about who Jesus really was. So now, on the way to Capernaum, they're arguing about when Jesus' kingdom comes in its full power, 
who would be the greatest among them. So in other words, who is going to be Jesus's right hand man? So they're all arguing and probably Peter was involved with this and was saying like, I'm closest to Jesus. I don't know. (laughs) That's complete speculation. I don't know if that's true or not. But they were all arguing saying like why they would be the best role for Jesus's right hand man, you know, head minister. I don't know what they were thinking. But so they knew that this was wrong, though, because they stay silent when Jesus asks them about this. So they knew it was wrong. So Jesus sits down and he takes a little child in his arms and he uses this child as an example. So definitely this house that he was in had children in it. So he takes this child. And uh, back then, there was an interesting viewpoint about children. They, the parents and the culture at that time believed that children were kind of like little servants. <laughs> so Jesus was taking a child to, to prove a point to the disciples. He's saying here, he says to his disciples, whoever receives a little child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me basically receives the one who sent me. So receives the father. So he's saying like, if you want to be the greatest of them all, you have to be like a servant, kind of like this little child is. And you have to like minister to children in a sense, people that you consider to be servants. So not only should you be like a child who would be considered a servant back then, but you should be ministering to people who are like children. So be ministering to those who you believe are the least among all of you. And Jesus's point was with this was, Whoever wants to be first should be last. And no one likes that concept. I don't like that concept. <laughs> I don't want to be last. I uh, <laughs> I am terrible at sports, okay? Like I am horrific at sports. My husband laughs at me because uh, he's been recently teaching me how to throw a spiral with the football. And um, I'm terrible at it. I can't throw a spiral for the life of me. It just, and I, I don't have any power behind the throw. So it like, lands halfway between me and my husband who my husband's like five feet apart from me but (laughs) so when I was in high school I used to be picked to last for a lot of the sports like sometimes my friends would pick me every once in a while but even my friends wouldn't really pick me because out of the bunch of them I was easily the the most terrible at whatever sport we were playing especially it was volleyball oh my goodness I was picked last almost every single time But, (laughs) oh my gosh, I hated sports. And I still don't understand why teachers would allow children to have that kind of power over each other. Why would you ever allow a kid to pick teams? That is the worst idea ever because you are doing nothing but causing literal heartache and then uh, making other kids have a big head. But anyway, I'm not going off on that right now. But... (laughs) But I was picked last and I hated it. I was like, oh my gosh, I hate getting picked last. It's embarrassing. So I think we all kind of have a hard time with not being last. But yet Jesus here is kind of making us go against our nature of wanting to be first and saying, if you want to be first, you have to be last. You have to make yourself a servant. You have to receive servants. You know, you, you, you can't always be looking for status and for fame and and you know you're not you're not supposed to do that. And so this kind of when I read that that kind of brought me down a rabbit trail a little bit and um I started researching fashion over the ages. <laughs> and uh, I did that specifically 
because fashion is something that um, we know somebody is rich depending on what they wear, okay? Even nowadays. So over the years, I was looking up like different fashion. And um, one of the things that really I, I found funny was back in, uh, I think, I don't know if it was medieval times, but a long time ago in Venice, women would actually wear these like stilts and they were like shoes that were just like stilts practically because the Venetian, uh, you know, cities often flood. So they didn't want to ruin their shoes. So they invented these like stilts to like walk around. And so over time, it became like a fashion icon that for women, that the taller your stilts were, the more money you had. (laughs) And uh, sometimes they'd even like have servants and stuff like helping them balance on these stilts you know, through the cities. So that was something that like the taller you were, the more money you had. And that's very accurate throughout the ages with like wealthy people. The more of something they have, the more wealthy they are. But Jesus is kind of making us like go against this concept in a sense by saying like, it shouldn't be that way. It should be different. Like if you want to be first in God's kingdom, you have to be not wanting to like get other people's attention all the time or wanting the spotlight constantly like I do or you know not trying to like display how much money you have and 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 brag about these sort of things and uh, you know like I said hard concept for us to like wrap our minds around because we enjoy we enjoy being first we enjoy showing people our wealth and Jesus is kind of telling us to go against our nature here and become like a little child who back then would be considered to be a servant. So right after this, John says something interesting. He says to Jesus, he's like, teacher, we saw someone who doesn't follow us casting out demons in your name and we forbade him because he doesn't follow us. So in other words, uh, John and the disciples yelled at this one guy for casting out demons in Jesus's name. So Jesus is like, why'd you do that? (laughs) He's like, don't forbid people from casting out demons in my name. He says, because those who like cast out demons, get rid of demons in my name, they're proclaiming my name. And it says that people who proclaim my name are on some level on our side, which is true. I mean, even with that one story I said the other day about um, the men in the book of Acts who were using Jesus's name to cast out demons, uh, in a sense, they were kind of for Jesus's message, even though they weren't doing it for the right reasons. They were using Jesus's name and they were kind of for Jesus, even though in the end they got overpowered by that strong demon who was like, I don't recognize you guys. I recognize the name you're saying, but I don't recognize you guys. And so that means that they were not truly followers of Jesus, but they were using Jesus's name to get rid of these demons. But you don't know like who... That could have helped. Even those two men who were not Jesus followers casting out demons in Jesus' name, you have no clue who that those two men ended up helping, even by doing that, and even though they got overpowered in the end. But even Paul says something kind of similar. He says, you know, there, there are people out there who are only using Jesus' message to gain fame for themselves, or they're doing it for the wrong motives, but yet Paul says, I am rejoicing over the fact that Jesus's name is still being spread. That is what Paul says. So Jesus is kind of explaining the same idea here where a person who is 
casting out demons in Jesus's name and using Jesus's name for the truth is not going to quickly speak evil about Jesus because on some level they are for Jesus because they understand the truth in the name of Jesus or in the Bible. They understand that truth, even if they're not accepting it themselves or doing it for the wrong motives. Uh, they're still somehow getting the message out there. But I think one thing I want to mention with that is you still have to make sure that those people who are um, using Jesus's name are not spreading false information. So that's kind of where the church comes in to make sure that um, that people are not being false prophets and not teaching the truth. There has to be truth in what these people are saying, if that makes sense. So this is not talking about false prophets or false teachers who are going around, um, you know, leading people astray. This is talking specifically about people who are teaching the truth, but may have a selfish motive in that. Okay, that's that's what this is specifically talking about. So I wanted to spread some clarity onto that. But anyway, friends, this was Mark chapter 9, verses 30 through 40. And there was a lot of content in just these 10 verses. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And once again, check out that logo T and maybe pick one up for yourself to uh, support the P40 Ministries podcast. And if you like what this podcast is doing, then uh, please support it and uh, share it on your social media platforms and tell people about it and, um, you know, write a review even on Apple Podcasts. But friends and faithful listeners, thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. Happy listening and God bless. <laughs>